Are you selling digital only but would love to sell more product? Or perhaps you offer product but you find you can't quite sell it? In today's episode, I chatted with Maggie Robinson about the impact of booking a shoot for yourself, how her background in sales helps her in photography, and the benefit of IPS that no one likes to mention, the ego boost. And of course, how all of this connects to selling more product. If you're a member, you'll also hear Maggie share her entire client process in the second half, including the questions that she asks on the phone, when she shares her prices and how, how she starts her sales appointments, and that how that leads into a top package sale, plus a few key lines that she uses, plus so much more. One big takeaway from this interview will surely be the importance of processes, that the sale doesn't actually happen in the sales room. If you're looking for help setting up those processes, we cover them week by week in the Business Foundations Challenge. And if you're interested, just head on over to foundations.thepetphotographersclub.com. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick-arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Kirsty McConnell and today I'm chatting to Maggie Robinson of Dinky Feet and Tog Academy. Welcome to the club, Maggie. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here um, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Excellent. I'm so to have you here. Um, I would love to start with just a bit of an introduction to you since you're not a pet photographer and so many of our listeners might not be familiar with you and your businesses. So maybe you could give like a little overview for how you got started in photography, where Dinky Feet kind of went, what direction you went, and then a little bit about Tog Academy as well. Definitely. So I started about eight years ago and I started a newborn um, as a genre, as a bet, actually. Um, I had a newborn shoot and I wasn't happy and I spent two weeks telling my husband how unhappy I was. And I, being a bloke, he said to me, do you know what? Just do it better. And I took it as a bet and I tried to do it better. And that kind of developed into a family photography, then family and pets, babies, older kids, um, and then teaching. For me, I, I did IPS from the get-go, so that was the only thing I, I knew. I thought, I'm, I'm creating the images, obviously, then I need to sell them. the products out there, and it was all logical, but I come from sales uh, background overall. I did sales for about 15 years prior to doing photography. And uh, my friend said to me, how, how, how do you sell all those things? And you sell 40 by 60 inch, 30 by 40 all the time. And I said, well, do you guys not sell it? Is that not normal? And we, we sat down one day for a 15 minutes call over Zoom. And five hours later, I was still talking about sales and they said, we should really turn it into a course or training because you, you're obviously passionate about it. And that's how Talk Academy um, came about. So it started from actually doing the, the day in, day out work. And I still work full time as a photographer and uh, the trainings on top of this. I do, I do a lot of hours, uh, but I absolutely love it. I love sharing knowledge. I think teaching is probably my favorite thing. I could do it every day for the rest of my life. And I do enjoy products. So um, I can talk about products for hours as well. So yeah, I hope you've got a lot of time today. (laughs) (laughs) 
I certainly do. <laughs> I will chat business all day long. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows that. I'm a, yeah, I'm definitely a sucker for the business chats. So, um, okay. So you said a few things then that really grabbed my attention. Firstly, you started eight years ago, but the only thing you knew was selling product, which is quite interesting because eight years ago was really the change of when I reckon there was this like almost everybody was uh, selling digitals. Like it was, yeah. IPS was dying, digitals were were thriving and uh, it was like weird to start out doing IPS at that time. So how come it was the only thing you knew? Had you hired a photographer before? Is it just because of your sales background? I mean, tell me about that. It was the sales background, but the, the experience I had with photographers uh, prior to this was always IPS. So I assumed that was the only way to go. And I think when I was doing IPS, obviously I was showing the images. It's taken me about three to four months after I picked up a camera to actually realize there are softwares out there. You can you know send people a link and they can pick images. So I was so not I mean, I started photography, didn't have a clue about any of it. So everything was from scratch. So by the time I actually discovered the fact that you can do galleries, I was four months in doing IPS and it worked really well. Um, so one day I decided, I think it was for Christmas, meaning it's years back, I thought I'm going to do galleries for this. So everyone's doing galleries for this. So that obviously must be the way to go. And um, in February, I was still chasing people to choose their Christmas images. And I think that was the turning point when I thought, I, I can't, I, I can't do this like that. Yeah, I can't chase people. I don't like chasing people. And because of the sales background, that was something that I didn't want to do. I didn't want to chase people for money. It always looked desperate and I don't like looking desperate. So it was just the fact that I want to show people what I do. I want them to get excited. And obviously, from a personal perspective, my ego just blossomed when people tell you, oh my God, this is amazing. I love your work. And, you know, you feel great about what you do. And I think that's the aspect that we forget about when we do, you know, when we don't do IPS, that we actually feel better about our work overall um, doing it. So it always worked better, financially worked better. And also, you know, everyone says we, we don't have time for IPS. It takes 40 minutes when you do it properly, when, when you know what you're doing. And uh, if you can double your earnings, obviously, then the nice aspect of it is you can hear about how fantastic your work is. But that aside, money-wise, it's it's much more money that you can get out of your business. So as much as we love it as a hobby and as much as we, we love it as a passion, you know, it brings money. And you can bring a lot of money if you do it as a structured system from, from the get-go. Definitely. So, okay, let's break down this a little bit further <laughs> as well. Okay, first of all, I'm really excited that the reason you knew that IPS or you thought IPS was the only way was because you'd had prior experiences with other photographers. I think this is something that is a, should be a big takeaway for all of the listeners. If you guys haven't already, you probably heard me bang on about this already, but if you haven't already, find a photographer whose work you love and book them. Go Absolutely. through the entire experience um, for yourself and see what parts helped and what parts didn't and enjoy the photos, of course. I mean, it's not all about learning, but you will notice as a consumer how you feel. You learn so much through, about, uh, sorry, you learn so much going through that experience yourself and even better if it's a photographer that sells something that you think isn't possible. So for example, if you don't think it's possible to sell a 30 by 40 or a 40 by 50 or whatever on the wall, hire that photographer and, uh, and see how you buy it yourself. I think you'll be, you'll be amazed. So definitely that's a big takeaway for the listener that I just kind of 
hijacked on your experience there a bit, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> My experience is, is kind of similar. My, I only knew IPS as well because I worked for a studio that did that um, and mm-hmm. I saw people coming through and buying tons of ball art. So I just assumed that was the only way as well. And like you, it was like, I think a year later that I realized, oh, it could be done online. And also I realized, oh, this is really hard <laughs> to sell online and uh, very interesting, yeah, how, uh, how that overlaps. Now, the other thing that you mentioned was ego. And I'm really excited to hear you say that because most people don't like to mention that part. And actually, I think it's a confidence boost that a lot of photographers really need, right? The moment you see someone excited about work, it's, it's like muscle memory. The more you see that excitement, the more you crave that excitement. And, and it kind of keeps you in that IPS game. If you do galleries, you are actually missing out on five, you know, 50% of the experience for yourself, not to mention the client. So I think from that perspective, I mean, I, I love seeing that reaction. And also, on the other hand, it helps you to establish what doesn't work as well. So you feel, um, especially in photography, like in newborn photography, there were poses that everyone was doing for years and you see the same poses every time. And then you look at clients when they come to view the images and then don't get excited. They don't get as excited as photographers about certain images. And that helps you to remove those images from your process. Mm-hmm. So overall, you're actually polishing your system, looking at the expressions because obviously, what was it, 30 38% of body language or, or higher, it's, it's body, um, communication is body language. So you're actually missing out on everything. If you're sending someone gallery, you don't really know the real reaction because if you, if you ask them for a feedback, it's always going to be, oh, it's amazing, it's amazing. But is it really? You know, you need to see that feedback firsthand and that it helps us develop or, and move, move forward as photographers when we see how people react to certain ways we shoot, certain poses, certain ways of edit that we could have, you know, we probably thought for years, oh, it's amazing. I'm so good at this, you know, doing this shabby chic styling. And then it turns out no one likes it. So it's, it's good to see it firsthand when people don't have to tell you whether they like it or not. They show you with their body language and the reactions. Mm, definitely. And it really clarifies a few things, doesn't it? Like, you know, you, you can assume so much, you know, yeah. oh, they didn't buy from my online gallery because X, Y, and Z. But if they're sitting there in front of you, you know why they didn't purchase that particular image, you know, because you you get that instant feedback, like you just said. I know an example that comes to mind for myself is um, it was actually not a client shoot, but a shoot I did for my auntie. And I was so proud of it. I did such a great job. And then she was like, yeah, Kirstie, they're beautiful. But this was very early on, by the way. But I can't put these on my walls. And I looked around her house and I was like, of course you can't because she has this like very Hampton styled house yeah. and this image was all greens. Yeah. And there's no way that my auntie with this perfectly styled, you know, duck egg blue and white walls is going to put green colors on her wall. No way. <laughs> and this kind of feedback you only get when you, I mean, people are less likely to actually share that with you via email or something but when you're sitting there, you see it for yourselves, even if they can't recognize the reason why, you know. It comes with all the extras as well, because normally when you do IPS, you will you do IPS for a reason. So obviously money aside, you want to give clients that better service. And if you do, you extend that to consultation. So you go through consultation, you sit down with clients, you know, you find out a bit more. If you gallery, if you do galleries, I very rarely, I can't think of actually a single photographer who does galleries, but does proper consultation, you know, either over Zoom or in person. So kind of if you, if you do IPS, 
you tend to go full on into that styling, into what client actually wants. So they would sit down with the auntie and establish the colors to start with. That wouldn't be an issue at, at you know at the at the shooting stage at the IPS because they would know what they're doing. Whereas with galleries, it's kind of this is my style, accept it. You're coming here for my style. This is 70 million images from that gallery that you get, and um, it's it kind of defines a photographer as well in a way. Yeah, definitely. I'm laughing so happy. <laughs> um, it's um, spot on, 100%, Maggie. That's exactly how it is that, you know, we do. We need that feedback from our clients yeah. and we need to have that entire process in place to know that we are shooting for them in, and uh, kind of mm, avoid getting distracted and, and shooting more for ourselves sometimes, which can happen, and that's okay if uh, if that's part of the process, but it doesn't necessarily help to sell as well so definitely I can see that there are tons of advantages um, as you're saying that's for sure now you've mentioned a couple of times your back or earlier on you did your background in sales um what kind of things were you selling was it I mean you don't have to tell us exactly selling everything geez I'm like the selling machine I think from from the age of 15 everything attached was sales I did sales for finance companies for a couple of years I did uh, actually um, training in Zurich to sell uh, sell offshore investments Uh, I was selling um, I was a manager for um, La Prairie which is cosmetic companies I was selling that I worked in Harrods as a um, sales director uh it's a lot of things that i did everything like for for example for me photography is sales with that 80 20 pareto principle 80 percent is sales 20 percent is let's hope you're good enough but even if you're not that good if you're good at sales you will still have a business so it's it's always sales first kind of the photography side second because you how many i mean especially um in your genre, in dog photography there's so many amazing photographers that don't make a living because they create this awesome work and that's where it ends they don't know how to kind of go beyond that so I think for me sales was always the first thing and uh, it was easy transition strangely enough everyone says look just hold on a minute so you were doing you were running a spa then you were the you know uh, running a sales floor in, in a shopping center and then you were a photographer sales is sales is sales it's very transferable skills so you literally the moment you you've got a product to sell which in this case are images the sale comes easily because you literally, it boils down to, can you make your client happy? If you can make your client happy, you're halfway there. Yeah. And I think that that is a great place to wrap up the first half of this um, interview, actually, Maggie, because you're exactly right that the first goal has to be client happiness. Um, so it's a perfect way to finish part one. In part two of this interview, I want to dive deeper into the actual strategies of IPS, um, your processes a little bit more, um, kind of in a step-by-step. But let's save that for the members half of this interview. So we'll wrap up part one. But before we do, can you please let the listener know where they can learn more from you? So uh, my website, togacademy.com, we have a lot of resources. There, there, are, there are links to um, training. I actually start a new enrollment for my IPS bootcamp in, for January. And we do actually have Black Friday sale for that. Really, really good discount. But if you're not into, not quite, you want to dip in, dip your toes in that water, but not quite go full, full-blown IPS just yet, there's a lot of free resources on the website as well. A lot of templates, um, a lot of things. Canva, if you're into Canva, you'll be, you know, right at home. Togacademy.com, just check it out. 
Perfect. And I know that you're UK based, but do you service photographers all over the world, Maggie? Yep. Uh, after I did, a, I did a talk at WPPI a couple of years ago, and I got a lot of students for mentoring from uh, America. So I, I do work on different time zones as well. Perfect. Excellent to know. Um, I will put all the links to Maggie's site and also her photography site as well um, in the show notes. So if you've missed anything or if you want to grab those links, just head on over to thepetphotographersclub.com slash the dash podcast and search Maggie. You'll find her pretty easily. That's it for part one of this episode. If you're a member of the club, of course, you can continue listening to part two in the member zone or via your private RSS feed in your favorite podcast player. Don't forget, if you're not a member yet, you can join today. It's just 10 bucks a month and club membership includes loads of perks and bonus content like the second half of this interview. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.